It's Wednesday, December 21st, 2021. I'm Jackson Bird. Today, what are solstices and seasons like on other planets? Plus, why everyone in South Korea is about to become a year or two younger. And Lionel Messi's celebratory Instagram photos have become the most liked social media post of all time. Here's some cool stuff for your ride home. We did it! Today is the day in the Northern Hemisphere. Every day after this one will be increasingly longer until we are finally back to that wonderful reality in which we actually see the sunlight in the early evening. Of course, in the Southern Hemisphere today, they are being treated to that wonderful longest day of the year, but with the terrible knowledge that each day henceforth will be shorter and shorter. Now, sometimes it is mistakenly said that the solstices and equinoxes are related to our distance from the sun, but they actually have to do with the Earth's tilt. As Space.com points out, the day that Earth will be closest to the sun, its perihelion, will actually be on January 4th this coming year. But the winter solstice today is when the North Pole is tilted the furthest away from the sun and the South Pole is tilted the most towards it. Our Earth spins on a 23.5-degree tilt relative to its orbit. During the spring, or vernal, and autumnal equinoxes, Earth's axis is perpendicular to the Sun, as opposed to tilted strongly towards or away from it, which is why we have pretty much equal daylight and nighttime on those days. Today in the Northern Hemisphere at noon, the Sun was in its lowest point in the sky that it has been or will be at that time all year. And despite how bright and sunny it happens to be in New York City today, the reality is that the Sun has barely risen in the sky. And were I to have popped outside around noon, I would have seen the longest shadow of the year due to that low angle of the Sun. This is all pretty cool, and I like to focus on the cool side of it, because even though today marks the start of days getting longer, we still have a long, dark winter ahead in the Northern Hemisphere. A frequently re-upped 2017 article from the New York Times, however, reminds us that as much as we might struggle with the winter, we should be grateful for the solstice and the seasons, because without them, we humans and life on Earth probably would cease to exist. Going back to the point about the solstices being caused by the axial tilt of our planet, Shannon Hall at the Times looked into the tilts of other planets and what effects they have on those planets overall. So remember, Earth's axial tilt is 23.5 degrees. Venus's is 177 degrees. Quoting the Times, The planet is essentially flipped upside down with its south pole pointing up. Perhaps counterintuitively, that means that there's very little tilt to its upside-down spin and its hemispheres will never dramatically point toward or away from the sun. As such, the sun's dance across the sky will remain relatively stable, shifting by a mere 6 degrees over the course of a Venusian year. Had we evolved on Venus, it's likely we would not have noticed solstices or seasons at all, said David Grinspoon, an astrobiologist at the Planetary Science Institute. End quote. Popping on over to the other side of the solar system, we find Uranus, whose tilt falls in between ours and Venus's at 98 degrees. 
In addition to making it a serious 90s boy band stan, that 98 degrees tilt causes your anus to spin on its side. And the consequence of that is one whole hemisphere being in the sun day and night, with the other being in cold and darkness day and night for the entire season. Now, that's pretty bad, but not exactly unheard of here on Earth near the poles. Remember that segment I did on Polar Night in Svalbard recently? But the kicker is that seasons on Uranus last even longer than they do in Westeros. It takes Uranus 84 Earth years to orbit the sun. So you could live in permanent darkness for an entire lifetime. Although, that's nothing compared to the timeline of seasons on Pluto. The dwarf planet's tilt actually changes, going back and forth between 102 degrees and 126 degrees over a period of 4 million years. During warmer times, its arctic circle shrinks, and atmospheric pressure is high enough for liquid methane and nitrogen to flow. But during cooler times, as Pluto appears to us now, the low atmospheric pressure and cold surface temperature prevents liquids from flowing across the surface. Given those eon-long swings in environmental conditions, Dr. Grinspoon thinks it's unlikely Pluto would be able to host life, as he says, quote, life needs a continuously habitable zone to thrive, end quote. Operative word on continuously. Now, of course, there are plenty of other things Pluto may need in order to host life, as would Uranus. Earth still has the best conditions overall. But astronomers have said that were Earth to find itself tilting as drastically as, say, Uranus, all life would probably cease to exist. So, as Hall put it, quote, As the sun reaches its farthest point in the sky on December 21st, be grateful. Never will the sun dip so far below the horizon that it plunges half the globe into a months-long night and the other half into an equally long summer. Nor does Earth's tilt change drastically over millions of years, thanks to the influence of the moon. Instead, the sun appears to trot back and forth between the extremes, like the pendulum of a great clock, keeping the planet cozy while steadily counting off its years. End quote. If you've been having a crisis about turning some milestone age this year, and you happen to live in South Korea, good news, you get an extra year before that birthday comes around. Thanks to new legislation passed by the National Assembly earlier this month, all people living in South Korea are about to get a year younger. Currently in South Korea, there are three different age systems in use. One is the international system, which functions as most of us are accustomed to. You turn one year old 365 days after you're born. The other, more commonly used age counting system in South Korea is called your Korean age. And in this system, a person is one the day that they're born, and they gain additional years not on their birthdays, but on the first of the new year. So as an extreme example, a baby born on December 31st would be two years old the next day. Meaning that when this new policy goes into effect in June of this coming year, some people might even be two years younger overnight. This method of age counting goes back centuries to ancient China and other Confucian nations. It's still used in some informal capacities in China, but South Korea and Taiwan are the only ones that use it legally. 
And in fact, the most commonly used age for legal purposes in South Korea is that third system I alluded to, which is a combination of the international age and the Korean age. In this system, you're born zero years old, but you turn one on the first of the new year. So that baby born on December 31st would be zero that day, and then turn one the next day on January 1st. This system is currently used for things like compulsory military service, determining when children start school, and when you can legally drink and smoke. But come June 23rd, those ages will be calculated the international way, on your birthday. Which means there will be a number of South Korean residents who will get six months to legally imbibe and then have to wait again until their birthday comes around. Kind of like 18, 19, and 20-year-olds who got stuck in limbo when the drinking age in some U.S. states was raised again to 21 in the 70s and 80s. Now, while this will mark a huge change, recent polling indicates that South Korean people are overwhelmingly in support of formally adopting the international age system, with over 80% of respondents saying in September that they're in favor of it. According to El País, the confusion over the different systems has caused ample confusion over the years, particularly during the pandemic, when some individuals didn't get booster shots because they had documentation for their international age but not their Korean age. Online, there's a proliferation of age calculators to help people double-check their age for bureaucratic purposes. But El País also points out, quote, Although 86% of respondents said that in the course of their daily lives they prefer to use the age of their date of birth, sociology experts believe that such a deeply rooted custom will be difficult to change overnight. South Korean society is extremely hierarchical, to the point that in order to properly address an interlocutor in Korean, one must be aware of their age and social status. As Costa Rican study abroad student Paz Murillo said, people start conversations by asking how old the other person is because they need to know in order to use the correct vocative. I've seen occasions where my friends clearly don't feel comfortable because they're not sure if they're using the right word to address the other person, end quote. That confusion may keep up, since this is more of a paperwork change and doesn't necessarily mean everyone will change culturally overnight. But still, if you've yet to grapple with the reality of aging, this is quite the hack. Lionel Messi has broken a lot of records this past week. Most FIFA World Cup final tournament appearances first person to ever win the Golden Ball twice, first player to score in each round of a World Cup since the last 16 round was first introduced in the 80s, and now most liked Instagram post of all time. And not just Instagram post, this might be the most liked social media post on any platform ever. Talk about greatest of all time. Following Argentina's historic win over France in the World Cup final on Sunday, Messi posted a gallery of 10 photos from the final on Instagram, along with a caption thanking everyone for their support and celebrating being champions of the world. As of recording, the post has over 70 million likes. It has officially toppled the reign of World Record Egg. Remember World Record Egg? Back at the start of 2019, a stock image of an egg managed to break Kylie Jenner's world record for most liked Instagram post. 
Back then, Jenner's record was 18 million likes, and somehow the stock image of the egg, run by a then-anonymous person, beat that record in a week. After the record was broken, the account was eventually revealed to have been run by an advertising professional named Chris Godfrey. He used subsequent posts of cracks appearing in the egg to tease an upcoming announcement, which ended up being a Super Bowl Day commercial on Hulu to promote mental health awareness. Nearly four years later, no other post had defeated the egg, which currently sits at a cool 58 million likes. Until this week. With 70 million likes and counting, Messi's celebratory post is not just number one on Instagram. Mashable ran the stats, quote, On Twitter, the record is 7 million for a tweet announcing the tragic death of Black Panther actor Chadwick Boseman. On YouTube, Luis Fonsi's music video for Despacito has 50 million likes. The post also beat Bella Porch's wildly viral TikTok from 2020, which has over 60 million likes. End quote. That last one, which until this week was the most liked social media post of all time, is a lip sync clip from a Filipino American singer and social media creator who has over 92.5 million followers on TikTok, less than a quarter of Messi's following on Instagram. Messi, with 406 million followers, is the third most followed Instagram account behind Instagram itself and fellow footballer Cristiano Ronaldo. Now, I know things like most liked social media post ever are extremely ephemeral. I wouldn't have been able to guess that Despacito was the most liked YouTube video or that the announcement of Chadwick Boseman's death was the most liked tweet, even though at some point in the early 2010s, I probably would have been able to tell you the most interacted with posts on those sites. And, you know, I'd never even heard of Bella Porch until today, and she apparently had the most liked social media post of all time. So in many ways, none of this matters. But I gotta be honest, there is something cool about Messi's celebratory post becoming the most liked of all time. Despite having the record number of World Cup final appearances, this is his very first win. His only win since he's now retiring from international tournaments, and it's the first win for Argentina since 1986. It's awesome seeing a nation of people come together in celebration and also watching most of the world get behind their back too and celebrate their win and Messi's incredible story, which as someone described it, is the most fairy tale ending a footballer could get. You know, I liked the satire of that egg getting so many likes and Chadwick Boseman's memory deserves all the love in the world. But it's also nice to see a happier post that's one of international celebration and filled with text of gratitude break through as the most liked post of all time. Even on an app owned by a company that is low-key destroying society and in a post about a tournament run by one of the most corrupt organizations in the world, the pure joy and positivity here kind of reminds you that maybe humanity's okay. All right, well, that's going to be it for me for today. This show was produced by Ride Home Media. I'm Jackson Bird, and I'll talk to you again tomorrow.